Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. That time of year, that's the season that we have been trained, indoctrinated, directed to make resolutions. We make uh, all these goals that we're going to make all these changes in our life. We're gonna, uh, we make these great promises to ourselves. We, we say weight's going to be lost. Uh, uh, bills are going to be paid off. Uh, hobbies will be explored. Great experiences will be had. And then the year starts. Uh, and so here were the top 10 resolutions for 2018. Let's see if any of you made these last January. Here were the top 10. You were going to eat better. You were gonna, that was number one. Number two was to exercise more. Number three was to spend less money. Number four was to take better care of yourselves. Number five was to read more books. Number six was to learn a new skill. Number seven was to get a new job. Number eight was to make new friends. Number nine was to get a new hobby. And number ten was to focus more on your appearance. Those were the top ten resolutions of 2018. Uh, but I don't know if maybe like... Like me, you have learned that before the ink even dries on the paper, most of us write our resolutions down. They don't even get dry on the paper, and we quit. Uh, th this is what happens. Uh, life gets in the way. Have you discovered that life gets in the way? Uh, have you discovered that maybe we were too ambitious and we had these high lofty goals that there's no way on God's green earth we could ever pull off in the beginning? Uh, so we set ourselves up for failure, and before we ever get off the starting line, we quit. We quit. Uh, quitters are not revered in our culture, by the way. Uh, that's why we come up with cute sayings like this. Uh, quitters never, or winners never quit, and yeah, see, you know it, yeah, and winners, okay, so uh, then we say stuff like this, when the going gets tough, the tough, then another one, quitter, quitter, pumpkin eater, y'all ever hear that one, maybe that was just on my playgrounds, we come up with a, uh, or, or maybe like this, champions don't quit unless it's cable, yeah, okay, some, some of y'all seen that commercial, uh, <laughs> Don't we, don't we prefer and gravitate uh, towards movies like Rocky where the underdog faces insurmountable odds and when the rest of us would quit, Rocky persevered and he would never give up on his dream and he presses through and he wins the, the, the belt and it's this, we all gravitate towards movies like that but the truth is, is that quitting is part of life. Um, in fact, in spite of all the cute sayings that sound good, the real recipe for victory is this, learning what we should quit and learning what we should not quit. You have to learn what we we're supposed to quit on and we have to learn what we're not supposed to give up on in order for us to win victory. So uh, I began to look through scripture months ago and I discovered uh, whether we, we really think about it like this or not, that scripture is really full of a bunch of quitters. In fact, I had planned on sticking in one passage of Scripture for four weeks and discovered that there are so many quitting stories that I couldn't just stay in one passage, so I quit trying to stay. See, I quit. I quit trying. Some of y'all are quick this morning. Uh, your resolution was to be quicker, so now you're with me, all right? So, so I quit on trying to stay in one, and what I recognize is that there's way too many valuable lessons 
when we look at Scripture and we begin to, to examine the different quitting stories. So this morning what I want to start out in is I want to start out in a very familiar passage of Scripture. At least it's a familiar story. The, the passages of Scripture that are going to read to you, I think we skip over it, uh, but the, the, the story is familiar. It's the story of Gideon. You know the account? Um, uh, Gideon gathers an army of 32,000 men to come against the Midianites. I'll talk more about the Midianites here in just a moment, but 32,000 men rally to come against the Midianites that have now come to dominate Israel, and uh, through a pr- pr- uh, process of elimination, you can go read the story for yourself if you don't know it. It's really an, an, a cool story. It's one of those we really like. Uh, it's in Judges chapter 6. You can go read it for yourself. Uh, through a process of elimination, God whittles uh, Gideon's army down from 32,000 to 300, and then we like this kind of story, and the 300 overtake the huge army of Midian, and it's the underdog. Uh, we like all those kind of stories. The, the dilemma is, is I want us to go back and look at the beginning of the story because, as I mentioned, we love to read the account of the underdog, but we pass over the moment in Gideon's life when he quit. Uh, and, and the truth with Gideon is he quit really early on. Uh, so, so let's look at this. Uh, uh, let, let's see if there aren't some insights and some lessons in, in the account, the early part of the account that we skip over. Judges chapter 6, beginning in verse 11, reading down through verse 16. One day the angel of God came and sat down under the oak in Oprah that belonged to Joash the Aziburite, whose son, whose son Gideon was threshing wheat in the wine press. Okay, how many of you know you don't thresh wheat in a wine press. He's in a hidden spot. Now, those that went to Israel recognize what's going on here. He's hiding where he's not supposed to be. It says he's threshing wheat in the wine press out of the sight of the Midianites. And the angel of God appeared to him and said, God is with you, O mighty warrior. And Gideon began to look around to figure out who the angel was talking to because you surely can't be talking to me, right? Because Gideon replies, he says, uh, with me, my master? If God is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all the miracle wonders our parents and grandparents told us about telling us, didn't God deliver us from Egypt? The fact is, God has nothing to do with us and has turned us over to Midian. But God faced him directly. Go in the strength that is yours. Uh, One version says it like this, go in the strength that you have. Uh, Save Israel from Midian, haven't I sent you? And Gideon said to him, me, my master, how and with what could I ever save Israel? Look at me. My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the runt of the litter. And God said to him, I will be with you. Believe me, you'll defeat Midian as one Man, it is in this introduction, the introduction of Gideon's story, that we see Gideon interacting with the angel of God, and out of that interaction, we learn some lessons about quitting. The first thing I want to say to you is that if we are going to be victorious in 2019, we've got to quit hiding. Uh, I, I want you to recognize that it was probably appropriate for Gideon to be hiding from the Midianites. You need to go back and kind of do some looking and understanding that the Midianites were brutal. They were an unbelievably barbaric people that would come and kill children, women, uh, do despicable things to them. So if I was Gideon, I would probably have been hiding too. I understand that it was appropriate for Gideon to be hiding. That Israelites had been overtaken. They were losing 
losing everything. It was, I get it, it makes sense. Gideon should be hiding from the Midianites. The dilemma was is that Gideon was not only hiding from the Midianites, he was hiding from himself. That's our dilemma. Uh, he, he continued every time the, the angel of the Lord spoke to him and said, this is your destiny. This is what I've called you to do. I'm going to use you to win this mighty victory over and over and over again. Midian, or Gideon was hiding behind his own view of himself. He didn't have an appropriate and accurate view of himself. The Bible says that God speaks to Gideon and he calls him a mighty warrior. But Gideon says, I'm not a mighty warrior. I'm the runt of the litter. So the two views did not match up. His view of himself did not match up to what God saw of, of, about him. My question to you this morning is not how do you see yourself my question to you this morning is you, you've got to understand, do you understand how God sees you? Because if you don't see yourself like God sees you, then you will continue to hide. See, some of us, I'm telling you that some of us need to quit making resolutions. We, what we, I would much rather, rather than you having a, revel, a resolution for 2019, I would much prefer that you have a revelation in 2019. I want you to have a revelation of how God sees you. Because the truth is this morning is that some of us continue to hide year after year, month after month, simply because we can't see ourselves any different than this. We see ourselves as losers. We see ourselves as lonely. We see ourselves as lost. We see ourselves as weak. We see ourselves as untalented. We see ourselves as second best. And that revelation of ourselves hiding behind that revelation of ourselves, if that's who we see ourselves as, causes us to do two things. First, it causes, causes us to do stupid stuff. We make stupid decisions be, be simply because we don't see ourselves accurately and we don't see ourselves like God sees us. And then the second thing it does is it causes us to be immobilized in fear because we can't see ourselves right. So when God says do this, we're scared to death and we won't move. So how do you see yourself? You've got to quit hiding. You've got to quit hiding from, from who you really are. And come out in the open. The second thing I think we've got to do in 2019 is we've got to quit making excuses. Um, Gideon had quit before he started. Gideon was doing this. He allowed losses in one season to cause him to quit in a new season. Uh, so, so when faced with the opportunity and the assurance from God that he was capable and chosen, he begins to do what quitters always do. Quitters always make excuses. Every time, it's too hard. I'm not the right person. I'm not able to do this. And what we discover uh, is he says, look, look, I'm the least. Then he, then he blames God. The Lord has abandoned us. It's not just my fault. It's your fault too, God. He's making excuses. It's quiet up in here in 2000. Okay, so, so the truth is, is that excuses never lead to escapes. And excuses never lead to escapades. And excuses never lead to invasions. They always lead to evasions. We start evading the promises and the destiny that God has called and placed upon us as a body and as, as, as individuals simply because we want to make excuses. We have got to quit excusing ourselves from victory. 
We must quit making excuses to evade the challenges that scare us. God is going to call us to do some things this year, corporately, individually, that will scare us. But we've got to quit making excuses and saying that's too big for us. Well, it probably is, but it's not too big for God. So we don't have to make excuses. We can hang on. We, we must quit making excuses that allow us to disobey the instructions that if we followed would liberate us to fulfill our destiny. You didn't get that. I'm going to say it again. we got to quit making excuses that allows us to disobey instructions that God has given to us that we should fulfill. If we would just fulfill the instructions, we would fulfill our destiny. What are your excuses this morning? What excuses have you already made, even though we're only six days into January, what excuses have you made that are letting you off the hook from being obedient and fulfilling what God has called you to fulfill fulfill in your life? Quit making excuses. No excuses this year. The third quitting that we must do is we must quit underestimating our strength. Notice what the angel says to Gideon. Uh, in, in the other version that I referred to, he says, go in the strength that you have. I, I just want to declare to you that most of us would have had a much more enjoyable, blessed year in 2018 if we would have just operated in the strength that we already have. So I want to say to you going into 2019, we must quit underestimating the strength that we already possess. Because too many of us, if we're not careful, what we'll do is we'll sit on the sidelines and we'll wait on more strength. We'll pray for more gifts. We'll ask for more favor. We'll desire greater anointing. When the truth is, if we would get in the fight right now with what we've got. Okay. If we would make changes now, if we would attack the enemy now, if we would take territory now with the strength that we've already been given, we would discover that the strength that we have is enough. Listen, I, I just came to encourage you this morning to quit underestimating your strength. I just want to say to you this, this, this morning, I want you to hear me. Somebody needs to hear me this morning. You are stronger than you think you are. You are wiser than you know. You are more favored than you are aware. You don't even know the strength of the strength that you have because you won't utilize and exercise the strength that you already have. So, so we, we want to sit around and say, well, I, I can't do this. I can't do this. I just I, I, I want to give you a mantra, I think, maybe for us this year in 2019. Here's the mantra. It's, it's really fancy and eloquent. Are you ready? Use what you got. Use what you got. Well, I'm too poor to tithe. Use what you got. I'm too broken to serve. Use what you got. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm too shattered to love anybody. Use what you got. I don't have enough gifts to, to, to minister to anybody. Use what you got. If you would just use what you got, you would discover that God would make up any difference that you lack in your life because you're stronger than you think you are. You're more gifted than you know. You're, more, you're wiser than you think you are. You just use what you got. Go in the strength that you already have. It's amazing that when we use what is in our hand, how often God will respond with more. He will not give you more of what you've already got until you use what you've already got. Come, would somebody just turn to your neighbor and touch him and say, would you please use what you got? Just use what you got. It may not seem like much, but just use what you got. He always responds in 
in making up the difference in our life when he finds people that will obey. Our disobedience keeps us from being stronger. Our, our lack of, 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 of willingness to step out and use what he's already blessed us with. Why would he bless you more if you are still full of the blessing that he's already given you? So we got to quit underestimating our strength. We're stronger than we think we are. The fourth one is, and the last one is this, we got to quit waiting on an answer when you are the answer. Gideon is controlled, or is not controlled, but confronted by an angel that is calling him to be a hero. And Gideon's response is this, me? I, I, I can see in my mind, have you ever been in one of those situations where somebody's picking people and they call your name and you begin to look around to see who they were really talking to? Surely you weren't talking to me. That's exactly what takes place. Gideon is confronted by this angel that is calling him to be a, a hero. And Gideon's response is, who, me? Surely you've picked the wrong person. Surely there's somebody else out there that you can tap for this. See, I believe that the biggest issue that most of us will face in 2009 is this. Too many of us will be waiting on someone else to rescue us. We will begin to wait on... and. and while God is calling us to take action, we'll sit around on the sidelines going, well, if so-and-so, okay, it's going to get, okay. Quit expecting someone else to be your answer. You take the steps towards financial freedom. You take the steps to, to living on a budget. You take the steps to find your dream job. You take the steps to be happy. You take the steps to be whole. You take the steps to be free. Too many of us are paralyzed, sitting around, hoping that one day, someday, somebody's going to walk into our life and they're going to rescue us. If so-and-so would just remember me, they would offer me a job. If so-and-so would just bless me with a big check, because I know they got more money than they know what to do with, if they would just remember me and bless me, then that would be my answer. We sat around waiting on someone else to help and to, to, to be our solution and to rescue us. And the truth is this morning, listen, if you don't hear anything else I say this morning, please listen to this one statement. I want you to get this. Chances are, chances are pretty good that God will not talk to somebody else about you until you listen to what He has told you about you. I got no help. Very little help. We want to sit around and say, God, talk to so-and-so. Come on, talk to my boss. Talk, talk to my employer. Talk to my long-lost friend. Talk to my rich uncle. Talk to my, my, my grandparent. Talk to somebody about me. And God will not, most likely, will not talk to somebody else about you until you deal with what he has already said to you about you. So what does that mean? It means we got to quit allowing what we can't do to keep us from doing from what we can do. Well, I, I can't pay off my bills. No, you probably can't, but you can do something. I can't pay my tithes. You could probably do something. I, I can't serve. You can probably do something. I, but if they would promote me, no, quit waiting on everybody else to get a revelation about you, get instructions for you. You take care of you. You are an answer for you. 
And you say, well, I don't have the ability to do that, and I don't have the strength to do that. Let me make the same promise to you that Gideon receives. Here it is. The reason Gideon could be an answer for his, for his situation is because he had the answer with him. We sang it over and over this morning. I don't even think we got it. I felt like, I felt like it was, I, I'm not up there watching y'all worship, so I don't know, but I felt like we were missing it. We're talking about trials and fires and floods and bad days and valleys, but in every song, the promise came back to this. There is, an, there is the answer, and the answer is this. I'm with you. Gideon missed it. He kept missing it. The angel of the Lord kept saying, listen, here's the promise. You may not think you're strong enough. You may have an inaccurate view of yourself. You may wish somebody else would come and rescue. But here's the promise I have for you. I will be with you. That is the promise that we are. You don't have to quit on the things that God has said to you. Just quit making excuses. You don't have to give up on the dreams that God has given you. Just quit sitting around waiting on somebody else to fulfill the dream that God has given you for you. Quit quit quitting on your promises because the best promise we have is this. We're not alone. He will go before us. He's behind us. He's beside us. Well, what are you trying to say? He's got me surrounded? Absolutely. Use what you got. He's got you surrounded. He's on every side. And every time you want to throw in the towel and give up and and, and say, I've done all I know to do, just remember, He's right there with you. He will never leave you. And He will never forsake you. The answer is with you. So this, this morning, as, as we now are a weekend, one weekend, to this thing we call a new year, we're going to want to quit. I'm, okay, close your eyes for just a second. Nobody looking around. Okay, because I need you to be honest. I'm going to be honest too. How many of you in six days, I see people looking at me. Close those eyes. I'm going to call you out by name. I know your name. I'll call, close those eyes. Because this ain't, this ain't for you. How many of you have already in six days wanted to give up? Put your hand up and you pull it back down. <laughs> That's all right. You know when I wanted to quit? During the second song. I'm sitting here going, Phew, I'm struggling this morning. It's been a long week. And already, six days in, I want to throw in the towel and say, forget this. I could have stayed in bed. God says, quit making excuses. Quit waiting on somebody else. Use what you got. Well, what do you have? I got to praise even when I don't feel like it. I've got promises that I know I can stand on because God has been faithful already. I saw somebody walk up here and already we're only six days in. And last, last Sunday, if you weren't here, I challenged Pastor Andrew to tell you more about that in a minute. To pick one thing and then during the service sometime, bring it up and drop it and saying, God's already answered my one thing. We're six days in and God's already answered a one thing prayer. When that happened, I suddenly realized, wait a minute. Why am I wanting to give up six days in when you've already done a one thing thing for somebody? Then surely, surely. I can hang on for another six days because I think next somebody, Sunday somebody else is going to bring one and drop it up about the time the second song when I'm ready to give up. Somebody will walk up and put one out. 
I might as well hang on because I, the answer is with us. So I know, I saw your hands. There are so many that already want to give up. Don't quit. I want you to quit. But I don't want you to quit. I want you to quit the right things, quit the wrong things. Or not to quit the right things and quit the wrong things. Uh, I want you to quit. I want you to quit seeing yourself wrong. I want you to quit making excuses. I want you to quit underestimating who you are. I want you to quit waiting on everybody else to take the first step for you if you're not willing to take the first step for yourself. Father, this morning my prayer is simply It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.